is happening. Fantastic. Um, Caitlin Schiller, this is the biggest treat. Hi. I think this is the biggest treat. Hi. So (laughs) nice to talk with you. I'm digging your colorscape back there so much. So good. So I don't know if you're, I think you probably know that I worked on this book. I wrote this book and I'm really happy about it. But one of the things in the book is about bringing color to your life to help you feel good. And this isn't, this is always one of the examples I show. Just because I'm like, Perfect. it's energizing. It's totally energizing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a big moment for me. And this is because, Caitlin, you were early anchor. <laughs> you were an early anchor person. And I would love us to talk a little bit about anchor, which is how we met. Just yeah. so that people who don't understand what that is, how, how do you think of that time now? Oh my goodness, that time and that service. Well, Anchor is something completely different now, which is so interesting. It evolved into an open podcast the podcast making platform, which makes a lot of sense for Anchor. And then, you know, acquired by Spotify. But back in the day, it was just like strange, intimate, cuddly, confessional chat rooms for adults who didn't know each other to just answer. It seemed like answering provocative or interesting questions. And I just remember, I thought it was the coolest thing because I've always thought that voice is such an intimate medium. And to be sharing like that with a whole bunch of people that that I didn't know was really exhilarating. And I remember that you were one of them. I really liked your voice. And I, I thought that you always had something really thoughtful to say. Um, and I played around with anger for months. But then I just got to this point, and maybe we, we talked about this, but I got to this point where I was emotionally exhausted by it. Yeah, and it was tiring. It really was because you, yeah. you felt, I think because of the, that, the added valence of humanity that hearing someone's voice gives, you feel, or I felt, I shouldn't project, I felt really um, beholden to whomever I was speaking with on that platform. Like I had to give an answer if they if they responded and I did not reply in kind, then I was doing them some kind of horrible disservice or I was ignoring them. So it just became um, really kind of emotionally burdensome to keep it up. And I had to just shut it down. I felt kind of sad about it, but I was also tired. And that's actually a thing that I'm feeling more and more lately with communication in general, even WhatsApp. I just, I look at the things I haven't replied to and I get so tired. I don't know if you feel like that. That is very interesting. Do you have audio on WhatsApp? Are you doing like video exchanges with people? Okay, so that explains. Not video, voice notes. And actually, I find that voice notes are one of the only things that I can really stomach now lately. Um, Texting replies, just thinking about it makes me tired. Um, Which is funny because I just made me tired from anger. But these are with, you know, familiars, people I've known for a really long time. Every morning I go for a walk before work. It's sort of my, my morning routine is get up, don't wash your face, put on clothes, get outside, move around for 45 minutes. I used to run, but my knees can't really take it anymore. Ooh, so crotchety. Um, but uh, I do that and I leave a voice note for one of my really dear friends in Madrid and I get one from her usually later in the day, but that's like part of my morning every single morning. So I use voice notes a lot, but it doesn't tire me out the same way that Anchor did. I find this interesting for a couple of reasons. One. Um... 
you now work on a podcast. And back then you weren't working on a podcast, right? I mean, like the majority of your job is audio now. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. I do work on a podcast, one that has not had, we haven't produced any new seasons in months because I've been working on a bunch of other audio stuff. So I I make audio full-time now. And that's a big change. Back then you weren't doing that. No. But you're so good at audio, Caitlin. I like found you. I mean, I was like, this one knows this one is really good at this. And now it's become your full time job. So you're um, you're at Blinkist. What other audio stuff are you doing? At Blinkist? Well, um, we've done actually a couple of different things this year. There was a season of Simplify, which is the podcast that I produce and host. That was early, early in the year, like January or February. And then we released a, a two-minute in-app series called Two Minutes with Seth Godin. It was two minutes twice a week for weeks and weeks. I think there were a total of like 52 episodes um, of just little, you know, typical Seth Godin nuggets of wisdom about marketing, about fear, runs the gamut. Um, it was really, really nice. That was just like a limited run series. And then we did, um, when the pandemic hit, we did this other series called Checking In. And it was just short talks, I'd say between five and seven minutes with first people from inside of Blinkist and then other people, interesting people from outside of Blinkist about how they were coping, what was different for them, what had changed. Um, That was tautological. Uh, What was different for them? What what specific tactics they were using to sort of get by? We talked to a lovely man who uh, is a a garden specialist. I I don't even know how to, to properly Plant man, a plant man. Yes. A plant man (laughs) who urged people to to just plant whatever was in their uh, spice rack. Um, You know, it was like a a project to get you through lockdown times, but it went from people like that to Emily Nagoski, who's a sex educator who I'd spoken. Uh, Literally tweeted her this morning (laughs) at her, I should say tweeted at her to ask her. Okay. I know you and I both are obsessed with her book burnout the cycle of stress. And I tweeted at her because I wanted to know she goes through all of these different, well, she and her twin sister go through all of these different ways that you can move through the cycle of stress. And I asked her, and I'm curious what you think about this, whether dreams also are one of the ways we move through the cycle of stress. And I ask this because, and sorry to my husband, who's editing this, he's rolling his (laughs) eyes right now. He hates talking about dreams. He hates dreams. But I asked her because sometimes my dreams feel like I'm really trying to work through emotion. Like I'm really angry at an ex-boyfriend from a decade ago. You know, things are just like coming up as if I need to like work through them. And I'm curious if that is one of the ways our bodies physiologically process emotion. That is a really interesting question. I do not know. What's she going to say? We'll see. Will she even write me back? She probably will. She's really good like that. Did you, you tweeted her? You didn't, I don't know if she's as active on Twitter as she's on Instagram, but I have her email address if you want it. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. Love it. So you did her for the checking in series. Yep. For checking in also for simplify. Um, We, uh, I talked with her about how to, for checking in, we spoke about, Ooh, excuse me. I should probably make sure WhatsApp doesn't make more noises at us through this experience. I'm so sorry. Um, I like that you call it an experience. <laughs> We're having um, an experience. More more than a chat. Uh, I feel like I've known you for a really long time, even though. This oh, is my God. Actually seeing each other's faces. I know. Time. But I also uh, feel like I know your face really well. I mean, I think part of that is Instagram, too. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> um, 
what was I talking about? Emily Nagoski. Yeah, we spoke about uh, how to how to deal with and how to stay intimate with an, an intimate partner with whom you are living in the times of Corona. Someone that you're you have to see twenty four seven. Yeah, she and that is your situation. You are living with your partner. Uh, I was until recently. Been a a big in my life. Yeah, I got out of a three three and a half year relationship just about a month ago, um, which was kind of a long time in coming, to be honest, but um, was important to do. But I'm facing and that also was. I mean, we haven't even said you live in Berlin. I do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We are talking cross uh, continentally and your relationship was uh, an international relationship, right? I mean, you were with somebody who's Um, He's actually American. Oh, okay. Sorry. I missed that. um, No, that's okay. He he would like to be mistaken for German, but he was American. He's still American, Um, though maybe getting his citizenship any day now. Who knows? Um, Yeah. uh, But I was going to say... I was going to allude to being in, in the long, dark, cold Berlin winter because it's long and dark and cold. And it, we had daylight savings time on Sunday and um, it's dark at, you know, it starts to get dark at 345. Now there's still some daylight out there, but not a whole lot. Do you have a light lamp? I like, do. what are you doing? Yeah. It's at the office. I will have to go get it. I try not to go to the office whenever possible. Um, last time I was at the office, I ended up having lunch with a coworker who ended up being exposed to COVID-19. And then I had to, you know, uh, quarantine myself for two weeks, <laughs> but, um, I was wondering like, what is Berlin is, is Berlin sort of in California, you're not supposed to go anywhere ever without a mask. Most kids are not in school. Like, is that, what's the situation in Berlin? Yeah. Well, up until very recently, about a month ago, we've been extremely lucky. The summer felt pretty much normal to tell you the truth, apart from having to wear masks in restaurants and um, public transportation. And when you go into shops and things, then masks are, um, I keep stumbling and looking for words. I'm saying maskenpflicht in my head, but what I mean is- I was wondering, one of my questions actually was going to be like, how much of your life is German? Are you like half German, half English or what? Honestly- I was just talking to a friend about this. So little of my life is German, especially now that we're in lockdown. Well, not lockdown yet, but I think that that's probably, we're going to have what they're referring to as lockdown light starting next week. Um, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen because Bundeskanzlerin Merkel wants to save Christmas by putting um, putting some measures in place now. Uh, Berlin's been pretty normal up until recently, as I said, but it's getting more and more um, like, the U.S. I think the the death toll is rising. The cases are rising. We've been lucky to ha- not have too too many deaths here. Um, I think any death is a lot from something that is preventable with, you know, safety regulations and masks and people not being dumb going to parties. Um, but yeah, uh, you asked me about German. An embarrassing, embarrassingly small portion of my life is in German now because I work in English all day. The the official language of Blinkist is English because there's so many international people that that just happens to be the easiest to to default to. But when I moved here nine years ago, my German was better than it is at present because I just don't practice. So I'm thinking. But you still are thinking of certain words in German. You know, I mean, that's a sign. Yeah, Yeah, I guess I guess that is true. Certain words for sure, like maskenpflicht. Um, but that is a word that I see all the time in German. It means, you know, the mask is required. 
It sounds like mask in place. Kind of does. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Blinkist, how long (laughs) have you been in Blinkist? Like three years. No, um, roughly forever in startup years. I've been there since 2014. That's amazing. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Or 2013, maybe in 2013. Were you one of the earliest? Were you one of the first? Okay. I think I was number 12. So amazing. There are 150 of us now. Um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought I would stay anywhere that long, but here I am. Um, What do you want people to know about Blinkist that they may not know? Ooh, um, they may not know. Hmm. Well, people say that Blinkist is a, is a book summary service and yeah, it is. But I guess what I would want them to know is that we're more than that. Um, every blink that we make, which is what we call the the reduced versions, the shorter versions of the books that we blink is an original work. And now we're even more than that because we recently launched last week, actually, a product that um, I've been leading uh, creative production on called Shortcasts, which takes podcasts and pulls out the core of them, the key insights, and works with the original hosts to put new context and wrapping on the beginning and the end, and sometimes in interstitial pieces. So you get from a 50 minute podcast, you'll get like a 10 minute piece of audio that just is really condensed and has some really dazzling, excellent takeaways. And they sound so good. I'm really, really proud of them. So Okay. Yeah. I'm very excited. I want to listen to every single one. I know that you, like, if you're working on it, I know you're pulling out really interesting stuff. So I'm excited about very that. Of you. Yes. Um, Caitlin, I'm sure we talked about this a million times on Anchor, but do you think, are you an overthinker? Oh my God. Yes, I would say so. Yes. What are some of the signs to you that you're in a like spiral overthinky moment? Mm, um, I am very, very fortunate and cursed and that I have an extremely eloquent body that speaks in pain and tells me when I am doing too much and really anyway. Uh, I get stress neck really, really badly. My shoulders just start to creep on up. And um, with the shoulder creep also comes searing pain down my right arm and into my hand. And when I start to feel really tense, I notice, okay, I'm probably, I'm probably stewing and spiraling over something. And I probably need to get out of that somehow. But my body will tell me generally. And I also notice, I guess it's really physical signs for me, which is Funny because your your body is the only thing that can really intervene when your mind is revving at a million miles an hour. But I also get this like maybe you're familiar with it too. This feeling in my throat, this kind of like fluttery. <gasps> it just feels There's like actually a name for it. There's a what? name for it. Someone recently told me this name. It blew my mind. I have to look again. I want to say one of the words is globus. Hold oh. on. <laughs> um. And I truly was mind blown because I had no idea this is a real thing. Um, oh, here we go. Okay. Uh, globus sensation. Globus sensation. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, I, I was, and then I started Googling globus sensation and it is, it is acknowledged to be something real. So I think we should learn everything we can about globus sensation. Thank you. I'm glad that I have a word for this thing now. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that I learned from, from that same sort of Googling was 
that many people who have um, vasovagal or like fainting um, mm-hmm. issues often had a, their first fainting episode in their teens. That that is oh. like a common thing across the board if you happen to have incidents of like more than four fainting spells in your life. You probably had your first one in your teenage years. And that that can sort of like create a pattern. I was kind of mind blown by that because I fainted in 20, I fainted in 2014 and 2015. It was like one of my signs that led me to understand that I had anxiety. And well, it was a neurologist who led me to understand it, but I had that as an example. And when I looked it up, I remembered getting this cortisol shot in my shoulder as a 13 year old and fainting. And I was like, oh my God, that was like where I would have first known that I actually had vasovagal. Wow. Wow. I know. What were you getting a cortisol shot in your shoulder at age 13? I used to be a really serious tennis player as a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I ruined my hips rowing. So I, I understand. I've had cortisol <laughs> shots in both of those. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, totally. Wait, did I say cortisol or cortisone? You said cortisol, but I know it's cortisone. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I think I also said it cortisone. Meant cortisone. I just read so much about cortisol, Caitlin. I am like constantly. <laughs> learning about cortisol it's unbelievable yeah like all words that sound like cortisol are now replaced with cortisol in my brain um okay so globus sensation now here's what i want to know your body is telling you you're having these things what do you do to to talk back to your body a la emily nagowski walk back to my body um i find that i often have to have some kind of physical intervention, whatever I'm doing. So that will often mean shutting my laptop, going outside, going for a walk. Walking is like really, really key for me and always has been. Um, I think one of the things that happens when you are suddenly single again, after not having been for a while is that you sort of get reoriented to the things that make you, you and the things that have made you strong and healthy without outer support before. And I found myself turning back to walking and yoga in the past month and a half, especially, but when I'm feeling especially anxious, getting out and doing something with my body is really important. Um, anything, but sitting and continuing to stare at the computer. It's you're that's exactly right. Do you know, um, who do you know, Isaac Fitzgerald? I kind of assume you do. I don't, I don't know that name. Okay. Um, He was the book editor of Buzzfeed for many years. And in America, he's, connected a lot to books in the public sphere like he's on the today show regularly talking about books he's also a writer mm-hmm. and he recently got out of a relationship and he wrote a piece about it for the new york times um and he is a friend of a friend i've met him many times and i, I so i was seeing on instagram that all of a sudden he's walking constantly and he's seeing friends constantly and yeah. i was like yep this is what it is it's this like reconnecting with these parts of yourself mm-hmm. um and there is something very um, special about that time, I think, uh, where you're yeah. you're reconnecting with with who you are. So I think that's right. fantastic I that you're. I want to say that it's it's not who you are when you're in a relationship because who you are is still that person too. It's just who you are in these different circumstances is different than who you are when you're with someone, I guess. That's a great point. When yeah. you do your walks in Berlin, do you always walk the same places or are they different places or like, where are you walking? I just want to picture it. 
I, so I, I go downstairs, I take a left and I go down this one street that's right uh, abuts my street. And I often find myself there because it's really, really pretty. Um, I walk down that street a lot of mornings, but I have a couple different directions. I have my, like my, my northerly routes and my southerly routes and my westerly routes. I don't go to the east very much because it's just not so pretty over there. I used to like to run over there, but for walking, there's not, I don't know, not much to see. I also like to have a mission when I go for a walk in the morning. Maybe it's a coffee at a certain place, or maybe I have to like pick something up at the drugstore, or maybe I just want to go look at the sunrise over the certain street, but I like to have a mission um, or a destination in mind. Um, do you so listen things. to things? I do. You, do you have things in your ear? Yeah. Always. I'm almost never not listening to something. It's just it folded into my job. Um, <clears throat> I like to listen to... Lately, I've been really, really loving. You didn't ask me what it was. You just asked me if I did or not, but I'm going to tell well, you. Well, I'm also curious what it is. I really do want to know. All right. Well, um, lately, I've been really loving um, Poetry Unbound, which is a new That's poetry am- podcast. <gasps> that is amazing. Isn't it great? That I is love- a, that voice. Mm-hmm. I just and the insights and live inside of it forever. It's so good. I need to re. I don't know. I have not heard an episode lately. I. I need to check on my subscription. I need to like make sure that I'm subscribed to that podcast. There's so much um, there. Yeah. I mean, there's so many podcasts. It's hard to keep up with all of them, but I've been really enjoying listening to that lately. And then one that I, I have listened to for years now, religiously, one of the only ones that I, I consistently listen to is the read, but that's sometimes a little too aggressive for me in the morning. <laughs> I'll be like on my way back. Um, but uh, I like that. I also end up listening to voice messages from my friends, which is really nice. Um, sometimes music, but most often it's a podcast or something. What, um, I always have this moment and I think I wrote you on Instagram and said, there's this one moment where I'm wondering if there's something that's been on your mind that you haven't gotten to talk about in other ways. Maybe you haven't gotten to talk about it in your podcast. Do you have something like that? I just want to give you your own space to cover whatever you're interested in. Hmm. Um, you're gonna have to do some heavy editing here, or our, our husband will have to. Um, <laughs> there are a couple things that I've been thinking about a lot lately. I'm not sure if they make good answers. Feel free to just lop them out if they don't. Um, I've been thinking about anger a lot lately, um, and how I think, especially, this is not you know relegated to women, but women especially are a culture to not express anger, to not be angry women. Angry women are looked upon fondly. We are bred to be pleasing so often. I know that my mother definitely did that. She sent me off to school every day saying, smile pretty and be nice to everyone. Um, And there's... (laughs) That's that's like, there it is. (laughs) Whoa, is the right answer. Um, So... (laughs) Yeah, I and you know I I do think that it it definitely helped me in some ways, but in others, I I grew up learning that I had to be pleasing in order to be acceptable, and that I had to be anodyne, that I had to fix other people's problems, and that I had to be uncomplaining and needless. And I think it's led to it's led to hardships in a lot of ways for me. It's led to, to difficulties at work because I'm a shit delegator. 
I've had to learn how to to delegate. I'm still not extremely skilled at it. It's one of the things that I want to get really good at in like the next year or so. Because you're just avoiding telling people what to do. You just avoid. Yeah, I'm avo- yeah. Because I don't want them to think that I'm mad at them because they haven't already done it. And then I, I question Caitlin, why, why would you think that they would think that you're mad at them? Why? Why? Um, I don't want to be bossy. I'm also very tall. I'm about six feet tall and I'm not a small lady. And having assertiveness come from a really big person um, especially when it's a woman, I think can be a little bit shocking. So I've, I've been careful to be nice for a lot of my life, but I've realized that I've also been really, really angry about some things that I did not give the appropriate voice to. And ultimately anger can really live in you and live in your body in ways that you don't, you don't want it to. And I don't think that we're ever ready to realize something about ourselves that we're not ready to realize. It happens when it happens, but I recently got in touch with a whole pillar of anger that I've been holding back for years. And I feel powerful and better having uncovered it. Um, So I guess what I'm saying is I've been thinking about anger and how it can be extremely destructive to our relationships, to ourselves, to our bodies, but how when we recognize it and we treat it with some honor, it can also be incredibly empowering because anger gives you the juice to do stuff. It's fuel in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, I've been exploring that in my brain lately. Mm. What made you, what helped you? I think that's amazing, by the way. I don't think this should be edited whatsoever. Um, What made you uh, get in touch with, like how weird, how did you know, oh, this is what, how did you recognize the pillar? Um. I mean, I guess I'm just going to be talking about this relationship that's over because uh, it's a thing that I'm dealing with. I mean, with. it's so fresh. It's it so, so fresh. fresh. So fresh. Fresh relationship woes, ready for everything. Yes. Um, not really a woe. It's fine. Um, but I, I realized that I was really, I'd been angry at him for something for a very long time. Um, when our relationship started, it was, um, it was a very hard time in his life and a really great one in mine. And um because we were doing so differently in terms of just how we were, it was really hard for him to see me do well. And I, and I shrank myself a lot Mm. and allowed some, some treatment that I would never, I would never allow otherwise. And I just went with it for years. And I don't think that's his fault. I think it's also, I don't think there's fault here. I think it's just a thing that happened because of circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was really, I realized that despite not thinking it's his fault necessarily, I was pretty angry about it because it wasn't right. And finding it within myself to actually be angry about it and admit that I was angry about it made me feel a return to my own integrity, which was important. Um, That's so interesting that something could be in there just waiting for acknowledgement. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like just waiting. Tons of those things. We all have tons of those things, you know, who knows what's living inside of you. And it's, I think it's often about how ready you are to admit that about yourself. I didn't want to see myself as an angry person. I wanted to see him as forgiven. Not that he even really needed to be forgiven. I just wanted to, I wanted wanted resolution around that topic. You wanted to feel like I've dealt and that's resolved. resolved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it wasn't resolved. And because it wasn't resolved, it was, it was, making parts of me gangrenous, you know? So do do you, would you ever describe it as resolved now? Or is it a matter of living with 
the ear resolution. I think it's hard to know too soon. Oh, wow. Okay. I think it is resolved now. And I think it's resolved now because I, I admitted to myself and to him, I don't think that I can get over this and I don't think I should. Amazing. Um, And it was, it was tough to say. It was tough to admit. I still feel a little bit like an asshole for it in some ways, but I also feel like it was a thing that had to happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sometimes we need to be a little bit of an asshole. Sometimes we do. I don't know how you do episode titles, but maybe that's what this one is called. (laughs) (laughs) Usually it's just the person's first name. I'm very inspired by, I don't know if you ever listened to um, Heavyweight. I have listened to Heavyweight, yeah. I love the episode when he um, gets his dad and his brother to, to make up. Just, oh God. I've listened to it so many times. That is a triumph of audio. It's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful show. It's such a beautiful show. Um, Yeah. I mean, every episode has some little jewel in it. Yeah. I, do you have any, I I think your walking one is amazing. Do you have any other tactics that have worked for you in your life in dealing with stress or anxiety or overthinking or any of those things like any other just wisdoms along the way yeah um no i I have ones that have worked for me and ones that patently haven't that i wouldn't recommend um i was a i was an over exerciser for a long time and i've got the worn down joints to show for it um i don't do that anymore only because i can't and I recognize that. I recognize that that is a, a beast that lives in me. And if I could be, you know, running for an hour and a half every day, I would do it because it wow. makes me shut my brain off and I feel better. Um, but luckily I have, again, this very eloquent body that says, no, Caitlin, how about we don't do that? Um, so I wouldn't recommend over-exercising, but I would recommend gentle movement. Um, I think that for a long time, writing was that outlet for me writing to sort of figure out what I was so stressed out about or what I was upset about. It was also, I found a way to make beautiful something that was not um, to create resolution for things that felt unresolved. I think that's also a reason that I haven't written very much in the past couple of years, because I, I, I realized that I was imposing false endings on things that did not have neat endings. Um, So I'm just giving you that is a pitfall of writing, by the way. That is such a pitfall. Like, we got to finish this essay. Let's pretend like there's something to say. (laughs) What's the lesson? Is there a lesson? If there's not a lesson, then... um, Yeah. yeah. um, One of the things I've always really appreciated about you from afar is that I do feel like you allow yourself to be very sharp. That you do not sort of kowtow your language choice your vocabulary your intelligence i think it's rare to have um a six foot tall woman who is incredibly smart who is out in the world and like to me that's inspirational actually so you may be affecting people simply by your presence in a way you can't know i just want you to be aware of that that is such a beautiful gift thank you for saying that (laughs) Thank it's you. true. Appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> it's Thanks. totally true. And that's why when I was working on this podcast, I'm thinking of some of the sharpest people that I want to have on. And you were 
top of my list. So I am so grateful that you took this time to do our transcontinental conversation. Thank you. It's been so (laughs) nice to see you too. And great to see your face and interact a little bit. I mean, interacted on Anchor, which actually is not that different from having a video chat, but. um, It's true. You're right. You're right. Um, Okay. I'm going to hit unhit record, but don't go away because I still want to talk to you for a second longer. Sure.